The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, you, uh, you did. You rescued us so that we can stand and sing that I am a child of God. Thank you. <laughs> Song we sang before that, Lord said that uh, with your dying breath, you brought us life. We're so thankful for that life, Lord. May we, as we gather here today, be able to celebrate that life. May we be able to find out some more about it as we look at your word and walk more in it, glorifying you, I pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. I have to confess, I skipped church last week. We were down in Florida on vacation. I was taking my son to the airport. If you want to boo or throw things at me, you can. Uh, but, uh, but I missed that. Boy, that was, I, I love, man, I, I get into those words so much, I'm like, this is so good. How can you not get excited about what God has done? Anyway, uh, we are going to start into the book of Philippians today. In fact, we're going to do all of Philippians chapter 1 in just a couple minutes. I want to start with an illustration, but I need to, before I give the illustration, I need to apologize for the illustration, okay? There's some, uh, no, it's not inappropriate. It's just kind of lame, to be honest with you, because I want to talk about a hard day that I had and kind of how God took and turned that around. But I have to apologize ahead of time because if, to be just very honest right now, if I listed the things in my life that give me reason to be happy and then the reason they give me, the things that give me reason to be sad, this side is winning by quite a bit. I just, that's just a season of life. I look and I say, I got a lot to be happy about. Not too many things I can even think of to be sad about. That's just kind of where I am. But as we all know, you kind of hit seasons like that. We live in a world that is a beauty and we live in a world that has the curse of sin. And sometimes things are just not going too well. Uh, so we kind of go back and forth on that right now. So my bad day, I'm afraid that some of you are going to look and say, if this guy thinks that's a bad day, uh, he needs to hear my story for a minute and understand this. I want to apologize ahead of time because it's not all that bad a day. But last Thursday, a week ago this past Thursday, uh, <laughs> here's how the story starts. I was driving down to Florida. Yeah, yeah I know that's a real bad day. Uh, but we were going down for this wedding uh, that, that we had last Saturday. And um, we had set it up so that uh, let we, Francis and I drove on Wednesday, and we got just barely into Alabama, and we stayed at a house there. I think it was Hartsell, Hartsell Alabama. It was about 45 minutes in Alabama. We met my daughter and her family. We had rented a little house there. And the plan was the next day, Francis would go on with them down to the wedding destination, and I had to take our car and go pick up my son at the airport in Pensacola, Florida, because otherwise we wouldn't have room for all the child seats and everything like that. So that was the plan. So I get up on Thursday morning and uh, I'm driving down Route 65 through Alabama, a little bit north of Birmingham. I'm heading down there. But here's the thing. I am, you probably know this about me, like a kid, I get so excited about things. And I was so looking forward to this trip. I mean, get together with the family. I heard Destin has these beautiful white sand beaches and clear water and we're going to have just a great time. 
And I'd, yeah, I'd live for this, you know, the countdown. Francis knows I do this all the time. Honey, three weeks from today, we'll be there. Uh, that type of thing. So I'm, I'm living. I'm so excited about this. But we get down there on Wednesday night, and my daughter's got a little sickness going. She's, she's got a cold, and she's kind of freaking out. I don't want to be around you guys and make you sick. I don't want to be around grandparents and, and all this stuff like that. And kind of just put a damper on my evening, to be honest with you. Uh, then I didn't sleep very well. I get up at 5 in the morning. I look at the weather forecast for Destin, Florida, and I'd been seeing 80s all along. And that day, it was supposed to still be close to 70 that day, but the next two days, we're going to be down in the low 60s and windy like crazy. And I thought, come on, I've been looking forward to this forever. What's the deal? How come I can't get some nice days in Florida? Uh, so I'm driving down the road there, and I'm starting to get a little bit of an attitude. I didn't sleep well. My daughter's sick. I've been looking forward to this trip. It's just not going very well. And I'm driving down the road, and then I thought, well, I need some company. So it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I, I press on... Uh, the, the radio, and I put it on scan, and I hear the, this voice say, thank you for joining the Rick and Bubba show. And I thought, Rick and Bubba show? What else says Alabama like the Rick and Bubba show? And I thought, I'm in for the Rick and Bubba show. This has got to be good. Uh, so I, I, I clicked the, you know, the whole button on that, and I'm listening to the Rick and Bubba show. And for the next few minutes, first of all, they start talking about how bad the flu season is going to be. You know, that not the COVID, but just the flu and cold. And they're saying, oh, we're going to have terrible stuff like this. And everybody's calling in. Yeah, I heard this, this, and this. I said, ah, great news. Uh, and then they, I said, well, I'm staying with it because hey, Rick and Bubba, you got to give them a second chance. Anybody named Rick and Bubba, they need to be heard. Uh, and the next thing they moved into was, um, oh, oh, the shortages. They said, oh, we're going to have Christmas. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have this and everything like that. I'm thinking, you know, so these two reports are about things that haven't happened yet. Uh, but they think they're going to come and it's going to be terrible. And I'm sitting there and I was just getting a terrible attitude. I was just like, you know, God, I've been looking forward to this vacation and this trip and everything like that. And God, this just isn't going the way we wanted. I was just getting. Now, this part of my story is true, but incredibly cheesy. This is going to read like a really bad Christian movie that you saw that's real cheesy, okay? But this is the truth. I'm riding down the road. It's dark. It's raining. Uh, super dark. I'm a little bit north of Birmingham. And I see, okay, I know this is cheesy. I see this giant four-foot, I'm sorry, four-story tall cross that a church has put up there. And, uh, you know, the shot, it's a white thing, you know, it stands up there like that. And I get looking at that. And honestly, I thought to myself, you need to get your stinking attitude turned around. So right away, I turned off Rick and Bubba. Sorry. Uh, I never will find out the, the great end of the Rick and Bubba show. But uh, the, uh, I, I turned them off. I picked up my phone and I said, play Waking Up. There's a song by We the Kingdom that is Waking Up. I always thought it was just about getting up in the morning and I played it in the morning. I think it's actually about dying and going to heaven, but it's still real positive. Uh, so, I, so I'm playing that and, uh, and uh, listening to Waking Up. And then uh, there's a couple other songs that Francis I've been listening to lately. I played those and I thought, okay, we need something else. And I yelled out to my phone. I said, hey, uh, audio version of the book of Philippians. And uh, for the next, doesn't take very long, it's four chapters, it probably just took about 10 minutes, they, I had this guy, you know, in his voice, and chapter one of Paul's epistle to the Philippians, uh, you know, and, 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 and he talked to me for the next 10 minutes about that, and I'm, I got a little ADD going, so I didn't hear it all, so I thought, oh, I'll play that again. I listened to that a couple of times, and then I went back to music, uh, and some of the music, and by that time, I'm singing, and I'm having a good time, and my 
whole spirit got kind of turned around there because I'd replaced all this garbage that I was thinking of and dwelling on, and I replaced it with good. And I've told you before that the book of Philippians is my favorite book. Now, I personally think it was also the Apostle Paul's favorite book. I think if you pick up the tone of the letter, I think he really liked these people. We'll see that even in some things we write today. Uh, and um, I, there's a guy I listen to named Skip Heisick that does an overview of uh, the scriptures. He calls it the scriptures from 30,000 feet. He was saying that he couldn't wait to get to Philippians because it was his favorite book. I just love it. And I thought to myself, how much we need the truth of God's word in our lives right now more than ever. And so many people that I talk to that are facing difficulty, when you ask the question, how are you doing as far as being in the word of God and getting some truth in your life? Eh, not too well. And we need this. And my goal for the next four weeks, we've got four chapters of Philippians. We're going to go through one, two, three, four in November. And we're going to talk about, but I want to get you to fall for Philippians. I wanted to get you to love it like I've learned to love it and made it my run-to book. Now, again, uh, you know, there are some places, you know, I want to get you encouraged to get into the Word of God. But to be very honest with you, when I'm having a hard time, if I run to Leviticus and I start reading about, you know, which animals are best for sacrifice, it doesn't do a whole lot to pick up my spirit. Uh, but Philippians has always been that book that, I mean, I just love to run to. I just love to go to. And whether or not this becomes your go-to book, maybe there's a psalm or something you want to run to, I want to get that in our minds that we need the Word of God. And I'm hoping that as we go through this, we will fall for the book of Philippians. Because, oh, by the way, isn't that an awesome picture? Do you like that? Actually, though, all you have to do is ride down the road right now. It's, it's, I haven't been east, but uh, I've been west a lot this week, going back and forth along 12. It's stinking pretty, i got to tell you. Uh, pretty, pretty exciting. Okay, anyway, back to, uh, back to this. The reason why Philippians caught my attention is everybody who studies this says this right here is the theme of Philippians. It is all about joy. And what we need to do as we talk about the joy and as we go through this and see how Paul found joy is understand that this is very different than what we call happiness. Now, happiness is important. I mean, you need some things in life that sometimes you just enjoy and you just laugh. You know, I talked about this get-together with the family. We had kind of a weird moment. Uh, my father-in-law actually produced a lot of happiness because he, there was a story he wanted to tell and he goes, um, he says, let's all tell our most embarrassing moment. There's a story he wanted to tell, but we went around the room. And if you know my son, my son can go every other person and top everybody's story. He has done more embarrassing things than anybody. But, you know, we just sat around for a while laughing. You know how good you feel when you just laugh? I mean, we need that. We need happiness. By the way, real quickly, I had one since I came back. Somebody, one of you gave out my phone number to somebody, which was fine. And, and uh, I got this random text that said, hey, before I say anything, I just want to make sure that I have the right address. Is this Pastor Dan? I text back, yelling to my phone, and I just said, Dan, comma, right. Okay, now, if you're familiar at all with autocorrect, <laughs> let me tell you again. I said, Dan, comma, right. Uh, and you can kind of figure out where that went. So here's this person. Is this Pastor Dan? Uh, like that. You know, and some people would have laughed out loud and known what was going on. I didn't pick that up at all. I was just like, yeah, you might be, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, now, now that you've cursed at me. So I, you know, you have different things like that. But, you know, you just we need times like that. But that is not what I'm talking about. Because what I'm talking about with this word right here is something that goes way beyond any circumstance, okay? Joy has absolutely nothing to do with circumstance. And, uh, sorry, I had my notes on the wrong side here. And joy is something that, I mean, 
if you think about the, the idea of happiness coming from the things that happen, and you think of that word happenstance, it's just, it's just it's a matter of, of luck. I mean, if things are going well, I'm going to be happy if things aren't. And we can have in Jesus Christ something that goes so far beyond that that is unrelated to circumstances. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, joy is the serious business of heaven. And I wanted to point that out because, you know, I'm not talking about, oh, let's just smile and put a smile on our face, pretend like, you know, the real world isn't out there and hard times aren't there. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about here. Joy is something that uh, is one of the infallible signs in our lives of the presence of God. Okay? It is that badge on our life, if you will, that, that tells uh, it's the badge of divine ownership. It says, I belong to him. He's given me new life. I have joy because of him. So we want to uh, look into first, uh, the, the first chapter of Philippians, and we want to see just how Paul could know joy, okay? How Paul could live through joy. Let's start off here. Verse number 1, Philippians chapter 1. Uh, tells us that Paul and Timothy, uh, Timothy is traveling with them now. They are servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. With the overseers, the pastors, and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you. If I could review just for a second here, he says, I thank God every time I remember you guys. Let's remember for a second what happened to Paul when he went to Philippi. Some of you might remember the story. He was in, Macedo uh, I'm sorry, he was in Ephesus and he had a vision. Man said, come to Macedonia in his vision. When he got there, he never saw that man. He never guided him around. He did see a woman that was possessed by evil spirits, uh, harassing him and calling out. He did end up being arrested and thrown in prison, and in that prison, he's in stocks that would hold his legs apart, and he is, is sitting there uh, singing and praising God, but he's in prison. Uh, he doesn't have a synagogue to preach in in Philippi, so he has to go outside of town uh, to get a little crowd, and it's not the respectable folks of town. It is <gasps> women uh, that, uh, that, are, that are coming and, and, and hearing things were not going according to his plan at all, but he says, every time I think about it, I just got some great memories. Okay, wasn't necessarily the circumstances were perfect. That's not how you draw up the plan of how to start a church. You know, you go and you get a building, you get a lot of money first so you can do whatever you want. Uh, I mean, he just shows up in this, in this town, but he says, I thank God every time I remember, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. By the way, in Philippians, that word joy occurs, uh, a word joy or a form of it occurs 19 times in four little chapters. But he says, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He said, I am so happy that you have joined the family business, the family of God business with me, that we're, we're involved in the gospel here. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. Okay, see what I mean? He loved these. I love you guys. That's a paraphrase. Uh, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now let, let's say this again. Remember, Paul is in prison writing this book. You say, well, wasn't it kind of house arrest? Yes, it was. He still had somebody chained to him all the time. Probably in six-hour shifts, they would bring in guard that was chained to him. So he wasn't on easy street at all. This wasn't exactly how he planned everything. He says, for God is my witness how I yearned for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. We use the phrase, I love you in Jesus comes from this right here. Affection in Jesus Christ. I love you in the Lord. Paul says, 
I love you guys. I miss you guys. Every time I think about you, I remember the good time I had there. Now, and it is my prayer. Here's what I'm praying. This is great, by the way, to remember this prayer as you pray for people. That your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of the Lord Jesus, uh, day of the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I pray this for you that you'll have this. Now, I'm going to stop as far as reading through the chapter for a second here now. We'll continue in a minute. We're going to build a little statement as we go through here. But I want to start with this idea. When life is not going according to plan. Because that's definitely where Paul was. Okay, Paul is writing from prison in Rome. If you read the book of Romans, you will find that Paul always wanted to go to Rome. Okay, as a pastor, as a preacher. He wanted to go there. Can you say, I mean, he's in the center of the world if he's in Rome. That's where he wants to go and proclaim Jesus Christ. If he is at all like me, which hopefully he's not too much like me, but I can see him having a vision of, you know, where he's going to stand in Rome and how he's going to have everybody there to listen to him. And he's going to have the biggest crowd he's ever had because he's in Rome and he's going to have the greatest voice he's ever going to have. He's in Rome. He had planned on going to Rome as a pastor and he goes as a prisoner. Not exactly how life is planned. And really, if you think about the life of Paul, I don't know how else to say this. Paul had a better life as far as circumstances go before he knew Jesus Christ. Uh, he had money. He had prestige. Uh, you know, he definitely had power. And now as he's following Jesus Christ, he's ending up in prison, facing ridicule and everything like that. But somehow in all this, Paul is talking about joy all the time. It had nothing to do with him circumstances. So we, we have to realize, and, and I, don't, I don't want to be downer Dan here for a minute, but, but as we look at our lives, many of us look and we say, you know what, this is not going according to plan. This is not how I saw things playing out. This is not how I saw marriage playing out. Okay? It's not. It's, I, it's just not. This is not how I saw the job situation playing out. This is not how I saw retirement playing out. This is not how I saw uh, uh, my health. You know, I had these plans and my health has taken that away from me and everything like that. This is not exactly how I've seen, how I thought life would play out. And it kind of stinks. And the Apostle Paul could look, and let, let, let's see a little bit how he, how he got this joy. Uh, next verse, I think we're in verse number 12 here. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to, and look at these next three words, it has served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard. The Imperial Guard were these guys that were the top of the line, but they had to come in and be chained to Paul for six hours. He got to tell them about Jesus. You talk about a captive audience. They're chained to the guy. Uh, and he's telling them about Jesus. And then to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So it spread through the guard. It spread through the other Roman. Uh, and, and I could never envision all this happening, but this is what God wanted to do. He wanted to advance the gospel through what's going on. So Paul is saying that the worst of my circumstances is the best part of my ministry. The worst of his circumstances was the best part of his ministry. And most of the brothers, here's what else is happening. Not only is he preaching the gospel, but he is giving confidence. He's encouraging the brothers. They have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment as much more too bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul is seeing God use in his ministry the advance of the gospel, the spread of the gospel. He's seeing them uh, encouragement of other brothers 
Some indeed preach Christ out of envy and rivalry and others out of goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim it out of selfish ambition, but sincerely, uh, I'm sorry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. But basically, uh, Paul's, Paul says he, he's not going to worry. That, by the way, that's why I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to attack other preachers. I know there's a point where you have to stand for the truth and warn against false teaching, but at the same time, I'm not going to devote my ministry to finding out things that other people are doing wrong. I'm going to be thankful for where they're sharing the gospel uh, for the most part. Anyway, when life is not going according to plan, the first thing, the first step to having joy is seek to advance the gospel. That's what Paul did. In other words, he looked and he said, how does God want to make this hardship an opportunity to reach the lost with the gospel, to encourage the uh, saved? There are countless stories throughout history of those who face difficulty. Uh, Paul Bunyan wrote the, probably the most famous Christian piece of Christian literature there is, Pilgrim's Progress, from prison. Martin Luther did a lot of his writing from prison. Charlotte Elliott was an invalid and she wrote probably the most powerful hymn that God has ever used called Just As I Am. Um, Susanna Wesley could have said she was chained to her multitude of children, but she raised two of them uh, that would lead one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen, a son who was a preacher and another who wrote the hymns that went along with that. So for many people, when they look at a life that hasn't gone the way they planned, what they have decided to do is say, okay, God, here's where I am. How do you want to use this? Okay, this is what this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I wanted. But God, how do you want to use this? I again, I, I don't say this lightly because, well, let, let me let me challenge you for a minute to think about the chains in your life. Okay, Paul was chained. Uh, all the time, and yet he saw that as an opportunity to preach. What are the things that you look at and say, hey, this is just holding me back, and kind of look and say, God, how do you want to use this? For example, and this first one sounds kind of bad, but how about kids? <laughs> Can kids be chains? Uh, again, I, I love kids. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. Uh, but uh, I remember one time a preacher stood up, and he held a little baby up here, and he said, this little kid right here, he's a thief. He robs you of your time, your money, and, and your sex life. Uh, right there, a little kid. And the truth is, the kids can be. I was thinking about that evening getting together with our family, man. We used to be like when we're all together with the kids, you know, hey, it's 10 o'clock. Anybody want to go see a movie? Yeah, let's go see a movie. Now it's 10 o'clock. Everybody's asleep. Uh, put the, finally got the kids to bed. Now you just crash. You know, that's what you do. The kids are kind of, and they, they kind of get a hold of your life there, and they alter the course of your life. But like I said, this Susanna Whistler, she looked at me, she said, this is, these kids aren't changing their opportunities, their opportunities to raise them and shepherd them towards God and His glory and raise them in that way. What is that situation in life? And again, uh, I don't mean to, but the, the job that you feel like you're stuck in, the marriage, sadly, that you feel somewhat like you're stuck in, uh, but things aren't working the way you'd planned on them to work, and you, you, you want to stop and say, hey, wait a minute, I want to seek an opportunity in this to, be, to see how God wants to use this in my life. Now, I think what will cover as we continue through uh, chapter one will help us with that a little bit more. Paul then wrote, and he said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. I'm just glad. Here, here's what I'm all about. Christ is proclaimed. And in that, what am I doing? I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rejoice in this. So a second thing in our statement, when life is not going according to plan, we want to seek to advance the gospel, but we also want to very simply choose joy. When I heard that phrase, I thought of a song maybe some of you are familiar with. It's a song by a, a group called King and Country uh, that they talk about uh, choosing joy. But the guy wrote, and he wrote this pre-COVID PC uh, and PC times. So, uh, but he says this, lately I've been reading, watching the nightly news. Doesn't seem to find, I, I don't seem to find the rhythm. I just want to sing the blues. Feels like a song that never stops. It just keeps going. I got to get the fire back in my bones before this heart of mine turns to stone. So somebody please pass the me megaphone so I can shout it on the count of three. He says, oh, hear my prayer tonight. I'm singing to the sky. Give me strength to raise my voice. Let me testify. Oh, hear my prayer tonight. Because this, uh, th this is do or die. The, the time has come to make a choice. And by the next four words, and I choose joy. I choose joy. He says, and I choose joy. Some of you know the rest of that song. Let it move you. Anyway, uh, I, I saw a video of myself holding a baby and dancing at this wedding. They were filming. My, my son-in-law was holding a baby and kind of dancing, and my daughter was filming it. I was in the background holding a baby and kind of dancing like this. I look like a moron. Okay, uh, so I will, not, uh, I will not ever be dancing in public, I promise you, uh, like that. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. But, uh, th but that, that idea of just saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to, in these circumstances, I'm going to choose joy. And one of the big things that will help us do that is if we have a moment like I had going down that Alabama highway where I just say, I'm going to turn off the negativity and I'm going to turn on the word of God and his truth and have that in my life. Okay. I, I don't know what that voice of negativity is for you. Okay, for it, it could be exactly what I had. You know, I'm hearing all these reports on the news and just kind of having a pity party for myself. I don't know. It could be a person that, that you have to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let you control my life anymore. I love you. And when you want to when, when you want to uh, walk in somewhat of a straight way and I'll, I'll be there to help you in every way that I can. But I'm not going to let you suck the joy out of my life. Do you have any joy suckers in your life that maybe you just have to say, hey. Have a good time, but right now I can't deal, deal with this. I want to put the negativity. I want to have compassion. I want to love those people, but I want to put the negativity out of my life and replace it with truth. And that is why I am so much hoping that whether it's the book of Philippians or another book of the Bible that I can get you to say, hey, I need this truth in my life, and I need it on a daily basis, not just once a week when I pop into church. I want the, you know, I want the Word of God and His truth in my life. And we can choose uh, to do that, choose to put this truth in our life, choose to turn off the negative, choose to turn on the positive. If we're going to do that, we need to tap into the source of that joy. And very simply, the source of that joy is Jesus Christ in our lives. Okay, that's how Paul found this. He says it's all about him. We'll see that as we continue to read. He said, having Jesus in my life, that is the source of this joy. So when life isn't going to plan, going to plan I want to seek to advance the gospel. I want to see how God wants to use this opportunity to advance his kingdom. I want to choose joy. Let's read to the end of the chapter here. For I know that through your prayers... And the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. And it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with all courage, <laughs> Adam, we were talking about in prayers, he prays, I know this will turn out for my deliverance. Uh, he ended up, he did get out for a while, but uh, he did end up losing his head. Uh, and he knew that all along. He knew he was either going to be acquitted or he was going to be executed. 
He knew that was going on as he's writing this. He said, but I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored by my body, whether by life or by death. Hold on a second. Christ will be honored, whether by life or by death, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I love that Paul, we'll get into this a little bit more in a second, but Paul was living in such a win-win situation. If I stay here on earth, the kingdom of God is going to be advanced, uh, and that's a good thing. And if I could die and go and be with Jesus, that's a good thing. Uh, he loved this win-win thing. And if our life is all about Christ, then to die truly is gain. For if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. That's good. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. Partly, I want to stay here. Uh, to, uh, to be with Christ is better for me, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. In other words, I'm glad to stay here and love you and minister to you. I'm glad to do that. But for me, <laughs> if it's all about me, I just assume go to heaven. You see where he is? He's in this win-win situation. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So I'm glad to be part of helping you glory in Christ Jesus. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that is from God. Uh, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. That's been granted to you. I engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Third thing. And I think this is what ties this all together as far as Paul being able to walk in joy. Yes, he looked and he said, okay, this, here's the situation I have in life. Here are my circumstances that I cannot change, but here's where it is. It's kind of tough. But in that, God, how do you want to advance the gospel? Secondly, I am going to make a choice for joy. Okay? That's, that's the route I want to go. I'm just going to choose it. That's the way I want to go. I can't control the circumstances. I can't control whether or not I'm happy, but I'm going to make a choice for joy. And the key to everything here, what Paul did is he realigned with his true purpose. Basically, he said, it's all about your glory. They used to teach kids in Sunday school a catechism, and it, was, it went across multiple denominations. But the first question was this, what is the chief end of man? What is the chief end of man? Some of you probably know the answer. It is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, most people think chief end of man is to be happy, and God's main goal is, or main reason for God is to keep me happy. Paul realigned himself with that, the fact that what he wanted more than anything was the glory of God and to exalt him. And if we're going to have joy, we're going to get to that place again. If it's all about me and keeping me happy, I'm going to have some good days, and I'm going to have some days where I'm driving down the road thinking, why is it only 62 degrees in Destin, Florida? Okay? But, uh, but the circumstances of life are going to be up and down and everywhere. And Paul said, hey, whether I stay here on this earth and live for Jesus Christ, I want to bring him glory. Small group discussion this week, I want to get you to talk about some of the ways that we do that, some of the ways we glorify him, some of the ways he is magnified in our lives here on this earth, how this could happen. And as long as it's here, that's what it's all about. It's not about me and my happiness. And this is an incredible cycle that we want to get into because let's say I start here, I choose joy. And because 
I choose joy, I magnify him. And because I'm magnifying him, I'm joyous because that's my true purpose in life. And because I'm joyous, I magnify him. And because I magnify him, I'm, I'm joyous. And, then I, and it's a great cycle to get into, but it comes when I realize my thinking is saying, my life is not about me, it's about him and his glory. That's what I want to live for. Okay, and that was Paul's approach. And then, yeah, I think about this whole idea of glorifying him in death. <laughs> I told you, I know this is weird, but I do a lot of weird things. But when I first came here, I told you this. I said, one of my goals in coming to community is I want to leave well. <laughs> first goal, I want to leave well. Uh, and it'll be next week. No, uh, I still have no idea when that is, when God has uh, designed for that. But I honestly, I just, I just, I've seen a lot of bad breakups as far as pastors and churches go. Just saying. Uh, and I don't want that. I want, I want to leave well, whether, you know, whatever the circumstances be for my leaving, I want it to be where, hey, you're not like, you know, I have a party the week after I'm gone. Yes, finally, that period's over. Uh, you know, I, I, just, I just want to, uh, yeah, I just want that. But I was thinking in, in, in a far greater way, and I, I don't know if this seems weird to you, but I want to leave this earth well. I, I mean, probably, the course probably if runs kind of normal, you know, some of my family members and some of my friends and stuff like that are going to watch me get sick or just get old and croak. Okay, let's keep it real. Uh, and I so much want to, in that, be able to point right here and say, hey, guys, this is good. Okay, this is good. I know that I have an eternal home with Jesus. And, th and this is good. And I, I want it to be the type of thing where I can point to him and glorify him. And you know, look at the spirit of Paul. You know, he wasn't a sadist. He wasn't like, hey, I love suffering. This is good. But he was like, in the midst of all this, I am still going to have joy. Why? Because he looked for the opportunities to advance the gospel where he was. He just chose to have joy. And he decided that he was going to re realign his life with his true purpose. I don't ever mean to make light of people's circumstances. And I, I could... I could bring myself to tears in a second here by looking around the room and thinking about the, some of the things I know some of you face. I, I do. I, you know, I said, you know, you, you kind of have that guilt a little bit. Like, like I said, right now in my life, pretty happy season. And I look and I say, man, but I know so many people that are hurting. And, uh, and that's, that's very tough. And I don't in any way be, oh, hey, hey, just choose to put a smile on your face. I, that I hope it doesn't come across that that's all what I'm saying. And, and uh, you know, friend, I mentioned Francis and I have a lot of little songs we've been playing and listening. And I haven't done that for a while, but the truth is I just have needed to get truth in my life because of negative thinking. So I've been doing but one of the little songs is uh, there's a lot of bad days still headed our way. <laughs> I sing that. That doesn't sound very cheery, but the next line is, but then sweet ever after. But I, I'm aware of that. There are a lot of bad days still headed our way into our lives. You know, we look at some things that are going to happen with her family and eventually with us, and, and we say, hey, there's going to be some hard times. We understand they get that. I'm not making fun. Hey, just put a little song in your heart, you know, get Jiminy Cricket out here and uh, yeah, give you a happy tune, whistle a happy tune or anything like that. That's really not what I'm saying. Let's look at what Paul did, okay? Paul said, you know what? This life I have here, it's not about me. It's about you and your glory. As long as I'm here on this earth, that's, that's where we want to go. We want to exalt you. We want to lift you up. We want you to be magnified. And when I die, 
I want you to be glorified in that too. And, and hey, it is a win-win. Leave me here on earth, I'm going to live for you. Leave me here for you. Uh, uh, leave me here on earth, I'm going to do everything I can to tell the people about you. Take me to heaven and sweet ever after. We can, we can do that. Awesome, isn't it? Isn't that pretty, pretty good? Uh, we're going to close in a song just because I like to close in a song. So I'm going to ask the team to come back up. If you are going to choose joy, I say this, uh, that involves another choice. Very simply, it involves choosing Jesus. Jesus is the source of that joy. Uh, we sang about it before. With his final breath, he gave me life. I'm sorry. I love statements like that. I love to sing things like that. With his final breath, Jesus died on the cross, and because he did, I can live. Because he paid the price for my sin, said, trust in me for forgiveness of that sin, and I'll give you eternal life. I love that. I love that. Hey, you know, if God decides to somehow make us rich, um, okay, that's good. I will not complain. Uh, if God decide, hey, if God decides to, uh, you know, really say, hey, I want to make this church here in Edwardsburg a lot, you know, massive and new building and what, whatever, anything like that, awesome. But honestly, <laughs> The circumstances of my life and the things that happen as far as this goes and that goes, I don't want that to be that have this total control over my life, whether or not I can have joy. You know, I, I don't want that. I want to have what the Apostle Paul had. He said, God, whatever you have, you know, what, whatever you have for me here on this earth, it suffering, eh, compared to eternity, it's nothing. I, I can handle that. And, I, and what I want more than anything, God, is for you to be glorified. I want to live like that. And if we do, if we align ourselves with his purpose, then we can know what real joy is. I really believe that wholeheartedly. So um, we're going to sing. What are we going to sing? How deep the Father's love. I can sing that. Why don't you stand with me as we sing it? That is one awesome thing to know. With all my heart that his wounds have paid my ransom. Just want to, uh, I want to emphasize a couple things. Uh, I think Josh mentioned no teen group tonight because they just got back from the all-nighter uh, yesterday morning. And then uh, two weeks from today is baptism. And I just want to reemphasize that. Uh, we have, you know, uh, a start on that as far as folks getting baptized. But that's something you have any questions about or are interested in. I've said this before. That's not really like, uh, hey, let me pray about that. Those who follow Christ as we've gone through the Bible, they, uh, that's what they did. As a step of obedience, I'd love to talk to you more about that if you have any questions. So I uh, want to encourage you to, to reach out and get a hold of me or, or Josh uh, if you have some more questions about baptism. And then, uh, oh, I wanted to mention this too. And I love saying things like this. Uh, we'll give a little bit more fun financial report for the year uh, next week. But uh, two weeks ago, we took an offering, benevolent offering, just for somebody that had a need with a furnace. Just a hair under a thousand bucks. Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Isn't, isn't that fun to, just to do that and be able to help somebody like that? I, I, I knew uh, there's a big glob of money. I knew that, but I, I hadn't really looked at the total until I, uh, this morning, and I thought, I thought so. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I get excited about that, things, things like that, a uh, chance to help people in that way. I heard about another story this morning of some folks helping out some other people, and that's just a blessing and encouragement to me to see the family of God act like that. That's pretty cool. Father, <laughs> wow. I, my heart, Lord, is just that uh, in the midst of the garbage 
that we find in a world that is cursed by sin and we wait for redemption in you that your people would know joy. Uh, Lord, I pray, <laughs> I pray that even you can take this morning and give them a, an interest, a love, a drawing to your word. Lord, we, we need to fill our lives with your truth, God. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of talking to you. I'm kind of preaching. I hate to do that. I just want to talk to you. Uh, God, would you, but would you fill us with that desire? Would you draw us to your word and to your truth? And Lord, may that badge that shows people of your presence in our life, that joy, be evident and be real in our lives this week, I pray in your name. Amen. And you're dismissed. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.